Well, good morning. If you can make your way to your seats, we're going to go ahead and get started. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. As you're turning to Philippians chapter 3, let's just, uh, I just want to introduce uh, today's topic, and it's called Moving Forward. You know, uh, I was sitting, first of all, I want to say uh, great job last week, Corey. Uh, for those that didn't, weren't here to uh, uh, hear his sermon, he did a wonderful sermon on uh, burning the ships, and uh, not burning the school, burning the ships, just to let you guys all know, okay? So we're not talking about burning the school, but burning the ships, and, and uh, you know, like, if you have an option, you know, one of the things that Corey said that really struck with me was that if you have options, right, then if you have options to fail, you're going to fail. It's the truth. When, when, we, when we have options that allow us to not see the path in front of us and say we're so focused on, on finishing that we're not going to fail, then we're going to set ourselves up for failure if we have those options to fail. And so um, amongst many other things that Corey said, it was just a wonderful sermon. And as I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about that that concept and that question and, and what he said that Corey was preaching about last week, I started to think about a saying that uh, I had on my bulletin, uh, or on my, I guess not bulletin board, it's not a bulletin board, but it's on my cubicle wall when I was in the business field. And that, that, um, that saying said that there is no failure unless, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that, let me read it to make sure I get it right here. Failure is only a problem if you fail without going forward. I was challenged by my, uh, by my boss at the time to think about starting something that had never been done in our company before. And as I sat down to do this, I, set, I started thinking about this and I started thinking about all of these plans that, well, we could do it this way and then if that doesn't work, we'll go this way and if that doesn't go, it doesn't work, it goes that way. And as I was sharing this with my, uh, my boss, he's, he looked at me and goes, Jason, you're planning to fail. He said, why would you ever do that? Don't plan to fail. Plan to succeed and if you fail, it's okay. He said, as long as you learn and you move forward, that's all that matters. And so today I want to talk to you about this idea of moving forward, this idea of taking the new year. I'm going to save you from the cliche, the, the, uh, the uh, cliche 2020 vision, and hey, it's 2020 and it's perfect, I have 2020 vision. I don't have 2020 vision, that's why I have glasses on. Uh, in fact, if I took them off, I couldn't make out, I can see people, but I, you could be sticking your tongue out at me and I wouldn't know. Uh, but anyway, so I'll save you from the 2020 vision and the 2020 clarity of all of vision and all those things. Those are all wonderful things, but I want to save you from those and just talk about moving forward. How do you move forward? See, some of us have looked at the past year, and I think about all of the wonderful things in our, in our church family that have happened in the, in the past year. As we look at in the past year, you know, there are many wonderful things that happened at Passion Community Church. We delivered over 2,000 food bags to Ritztown, Waterloo, and Ravenna schools. That's amazing. We served 54 kids uh, at Christmas time, so they woke up to a wonderful Christmas, uh, Christmas morning. Yes, feel free to applause. These are wonderful things. 
20 Thanksgiving baskets were sent out to families in Richtown, uh, and they all received wonderful Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving dinners that include turkeys and potatoes and, and all of the fixings and all of those things. We raised over, now this is, this is something I'm actually pretty happy about, we raised over $3,000 uh, for Habitat for Humanity last year. Now, that doesn't include also another additional $7,500 in kind work that was volunteered, not from our church, but from people that are connected to our church. Uh, we had a new roof put on, our, on the house, not our house, on the Habitat for Humanity house, a roof was put on by a connection that happened within our church. And so that was valued at $7,500. So this was strictly $3,000 that we were able to give to Habitat for Humanity last year. We sent over $1,000 to El Salvador mission uh, uh, last year, and that was through the donations of those that are here in the church and also from our church as love offerings that we were able to send to them. We had many, many people, and I didn't get a chance to speak with Chaz on this number, but we had many people that have come through uh, recovery at CR and have seen their lives change because of CR. We had numerous pairs of socks and blankets that were collected for those in need. All of this is amazing things that have happened through Passion Community Church. Personally, uh, you can leave that slide up there for a moment, Chad, but personally for us, my family uh, married off one of, we, well, I, I say married <laughs> off, we uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we gained a son. That's that's a good way of saying it. We gained a son, right? But I know some of you in here also gained a daughter, right? And uh, some of you in here have gained granddaughters and grandsons, right? Twins. Uh, we have a new life that's going to be coming to us in 2020 or two, yeah, 2020. That's right. Sounds so weird saying still, but 2020. Many wonderful things happened in 2019. Now, the flip side of that is also true. Many bad things happened in 2019 also. Some difficulties, health issues, and some difficulties of all those things that happened to us. And, and you could probably think of and probably list several things in your life that weren't so good that happened in 2019. All of those things are wonderful. And all of those things, either good or bad, don't matter because they are in the past now. And what I love to think about this is this idea of moving forward. See, we have a habit as human beings to either stay back and hang on to the good things that have happened, or we have a habit of staying back and hanging on to the bad things that have happened. And we allow both the good and the bad things to inflict uh, their, their, their past state on us today. What we have to learn to do is leave the past in the past, whether it was good or bad. Leave it in the past. Learn from it, certainly. But what, that's the idea when I talk about failing forward. I love this word, failing forward. If you're going to fail, it's okay. As long as you're failing forward. One of the greatest attributes of, of Jim Brown, you know, everyone know, well, maybe not everyone, the ladies in here are looking at me with blank stares. Jim Brown was one of the greatest running backs of, of all time. Okay, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm failing forward. I'm failing forward. Ladies know who Jim Brown is. One of the greatest attributes of Jim Brown was said that he never lost a yard when he, when he was running. If they would tackle him at the line of scrimmage, he would always find a way to fall forward. And so one of the greatest attributes of running backs today, when you look at a running back and you see that, is, is that do they ever fall? How do they, how do they, you know, they seem to be tackled in the backfield and then all of a sudden something happens and they make a yard or two. And it may not be a big thing, but they've moved forward and not backwards. That same concept goes for us in our life. 
See, when bad things happen to us and we fail and we fall into trouble and we fall into these problems, it's okay to, it's okay to make mistakes. Listen, anyone who doesn't make a mistake is not trying, honestly. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. It's just a habit. It's, just, it's not a habit. I'm saying it's just a, it's just a part of trying. You learn from those mistakes and you fail forward. You begin to learn what caused you to fail and how to move forward. 2019 was a really good year for some of us. 2019 was a really bad year for others. But either way, we have to learn to move forward. Let's pause and pray and then we'll begin reading in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day that we can celebrate you in this new year that you have given to us. Father, I've always loved this time of the year because it's just a fresh start. It's a new beginning. We have 12 months ahead of us that we get to craft into what you make it for us to be. And so, Lord, we look upon this new year, this new coming time, as a time that we can reflect on you and say, how do we move forward in the grace and the, and the blessings that you have for us today? Lord, we're not going to be perfect. We are human beings after all. You know that. That's why you died on the cross for us. But Lord, may we learn from our mistakes of the past. May we learn from our mistakes in the future. May we learn of the good things of the past. And may we learn of, of the good things of the future. And may we constantly be moving forward as you call us to. Lord, there's always something that you want us to be doing. There's always, your word never dies and it's never old. It's always new and it's always fresh and it's always speaking to us. So Lord, today we ask you during this time, may we hear from you. May you speak afresh to us and to our minds and to our hearts as we set a course for this new year, this new 2020 that's before us, Father. May we walk in your grace and your peace. Father, I pray that my words today would not be my own, but they would truly be your words Father, I've done all that I can do, and I ask you, Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit, come and do what you do best. Take it and fulfill the words that you would have to say to us in this place. In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. If you have your Bibles open, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. This is Paul speaking, but he says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. I want to pause there for a moment. We're going to continue on in this verse, but I just want to pause there for a moment and reflect on what Paul is saying. Paul is saying amazing things in this verse, and and he's saying some, it's, it's really packed full of amazing things that Paul wants to express to the Philippians, but also to us today. And I think one of those things start out with a very, it starts out in verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. See, if you're here today and 2019 was a great year, 2019 had some amazing things, what we have to understand is that those are things that happened in 2019. Those are great things. And yeah, can we look back on those and reflect on those? I love spending time reading that list of things that happened at Passion Community Church and walking through all those things and hearing about those things. Those are wonderful things. But the problem of it is we can't live in the past. The past is the past. 
Yeah, we served 2,000 food bags in 2019, but guess what? We need to do more in 2020. There are more kids that need help. There are more kids uh, that, that can use assistance and, and have food to eat on the weekends when they go home. Yeah, we saw Habitat for Humanity $3,000 raised, but you know what? We're still short of the goal. We aren't. I, we are as a, as, a, as a total team, as the apostles build. It's still short, so we need to raise more money for that. We need to finish building the house. There are many things we could step back and say, look at all the wonderful things we did. Isn't it wonderful? There is a time and a place to pause and just reflect on those things. But what happens too often is that we get stuck in the past of those good things. When we reflect about it, what happens is that you begin to hear people say, man, you remember that wonderful thing we used to do? Remember that wonderful thing that happened past the, that, that past year? Remember what this? Remember? And it's always remember. It's not what's going on today. What I want to encourage us today and what I think Paul is trying to encourage us today is that whatever gain you had, whether it was good or bad or whatever loss you received in 2019, don't get stuck there. Don't stay in 2019. Don't stay in the wonderful things. Press forward onto the goal that's before us, that God has placed before us. We have to look at the prize that is before us and try to achieve it and try to strive after it moving forward. Verse 8 says, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For me, in 2019, I, don't, I want to make bigger leaps in 2020 than I did in 2019. I want my faith to grow even more than what it did in 2019. I can look back at my faith and, and, and point to things in my life that happened in 2019, but my goal in 2020 is to, to blow away the doors of 2019, what I did, and grow so much closer to my Lord. Amen. I want to grow. One of my prayers, and I'll tell you this, and you can hold me accountable to this, but one of my prayers always has constantly been as I pray for myself and I pray for this year, Lord, may I be so transparent in 2020 that when someone looks at me, they don't see Jason. They see Jesus Christ shining out. My actions, I want to mimic Jesus. My words, I want to be words that he would be pleased with. Will I do all of those things and not fail? No, I'll fail. But again, as long as I'm failing forward and moving forward, that is my goal. I hope that you would join me in that goal and understanding that 2019, as good or as bad as it has, it needs to be left in the past and we need to strive forward to doing what's going on. See, we get, what happens is that we can get stuck in the things that we were doing that won't work today, the things that did happen in 2019 that aren't going to go forward in 2020, we get stuck there. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, June is here. Half the year is gone. And you look at yourself and you say, where has the year gone? What has happened? I haven't done anything that I wanted to do. Listen, I'm not talking about resolutions. If you make resolutions, that's great. You should. But to me, a resolution should be a lifestyle. You should be changing your lifestyle, not making resolutions. A resolution is just something you say, I'm going to try to obtain. Everyone jokes about how many people break the resolutions that they make on January 1st, right? How many of you made resolutions? Anyone? A few people. How many of you broke those resolutions already? One. Okay, so that, that's, that's, that didn't work so well. <laughs> but, but the truth of the matter is that... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only the fifth day, sixth day of, of uh, January, so... <laughs> the truth of the matter is that resolutions are made to be broken. 
That's why we laugh about them. That's why we joke about them. That's why we talk about them. The truth of the matter is they're made to be broken, but we must learn to not make resolutions, but change our life. Change who you are today. Change your circumstance today, and I'll show you a brighter future tomorrow. If you make a decision today to do something different, see, we all can have these glorious plans and visions and dreams about what we want to do, but what are you going to do today to make that a difference? What are you going to do today to make that happen? How are you going to change your today to be different? Let's not get stuck in the past, but let's move forward. Let's not get stuck in our failures. Be setting back and looking at this. You know, I love the story of Paul. Paul is a perfect example of failing forward. Think about who Paul was for a moment. Before Paul was Paul, he was Saul. Saul was a persecutor of Christians. Jesus renamed him when, when he had an interaction with the Holy Spirit, he renamed him Paul. But Saul had, an, had a terrible lifestyle. Think about who he was. Before, before he became this great uh, author of almost all, or a large portion, 60-some percent of the New Testament was written by Paul. Before you look at this, and before you see what Paul is, who was he before? He was a persecutor of Christians. There's many people that actually, believe, many theologians believe that he was actually there at the crucifixion of Christ, one of the generals that were standing there at the crucifixions of Christ. Either way, it doesn't matter. He crucified, he, he, he beat, he, he, he did all of these amazingly bad things to Christians, only then to have his life completely changed by the Holy Spirit and by Jesus Christ himself. He's changed, he got a new name, and he becomes this new person. And now he stands before the Philippians, and he says, I count anything I have for gain. If there was never a poster picture for someone who failed forward, it has to be Paul. Paul is that f- perfect poster picture because he did that such a bad life, but yet he took what he did in the past and he used it to move forward. He learned from his past. He learned from all of those things. Of course, a little help from the Holy Spirit and Jesus doesn't help or doesn't hurt either, but he also moved forward in a new way. See, when you fail in the past, when you fail in things, when you, fought, when you find yourself failing, when you find yourself not in a place where you want to be, not in a place where God wants you to be, you have two choices. One, you can either sit there and you can sulk and you can remain where you've always been. You can be mired in the mud and the grossness and, the, and, and just whatever has got you down. You can remain there and you can stay there. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to stand up. I'm going to look for a hand up and I'm going to pull myself forward. That hand up comes from God. God places people in your life. God places people around you so that they can help you come out of the mud. But you have to make the decision to move forward. Those people can help you, but unless you want to be pulled out of the mud, you're going to stay in that mud. You ever seen someone trying to be saved from sinking uh, from quicksand? You know, the more they move in quicksand, the worse it gets because the sand just can... When you're... uh, uh, This is many years ago, but do you remember when they drained Lake Milton? Anyone remember that? Years ago, they drained Lake Milton to make a new dam and and I, with a couple of my friends and my father and my neighbor, decided that we were going to go down to Lake Milton and ride our four-wheelers on the outside of Lake Milton. Now, mind you, the outside of Lake Milton was great. The, the dirt was hard, and we could do all these things. Well, I decided that I was going to be a little dumb or a little brave, either way. Uh, most people call it dumb. I called it brave. But, <laughs> and go a little bit further out. It looked good. The ground was solid. There had cracks in it. It looked like it was okay. I got about... Maybe from me to my wife, from where we were riding, and all of a sudden, the, the back end of the four-wheeler goes, zoop. And the more I hit the gas, guess what happened? 
the further it went. It went straight up and down. Jay knows because he's been in situations like this before, too, with his Jeep. But, <laughs> well, hopefully not, Jay. Let's put it that way, but probably. <laughs> and so then I'm thinking, well, it's just a four-wheeler. I'll be okay. I'll have someone pull me out. We have winches and all those other things, right? Well, then I started to move and tried to get out. But guess what? Because the four-wheeler was like this, guess where my body was? It was up to my waist in mud. And so as I'm scrambling to get out, guess what's happening? I'm moving the four-wheeler, I'm moving myself, and the four-wheeler begins to sink. Now I'm starting to freak out, right? Now I'm starting to go, I think I might die here, right? I might drown in this mud and this muck. And luckily, a friend of mine comes running by and he threw me a rope. And he goes, tie it around your waist, I'll pull you out. And I'm like, wait, I don't like the sounds of this, but okay. And so we did and pulled myself out and then we ended up pulling the four-wheeler out too. It took a long time to do that. But the idea of staying stuck in that mud, the quicker I moved, the more I, the more I fretted, the more I, I, I was nervous and I was scared and the more I moved, the quicker I got sucked into that mud and the deeper and more compact it got around me. See, the truth of the matter is, is that if you're in a bad place in your life and you failed, if you're trying on your own power to get out of that, and you're doing the same thing that you've always done, you're not going to get out of that. You've got you to gotta focus on something. You need that help to pull yourself out. And that, who, that is Jesus who comes to us to help us out. Paul goes on to say, and I found, in verse 9, and I found, him, I found in him not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from faith in Christ, that the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul says that the only way out of a situation is through faith in Jesus. What Paul is saying to us is that if your faith in Jesus is not strong, then you're not truly going to be pulled out of that situation. Yeah, you can mask it. There are many people that can mask things that happen to them. You can kind of make it feel all right. You know, when you go through that trouble and, you, and, you, and you're thinking, oh, I, I'm kind of okay. But unless your faith has changed, unless the faith of Jesus gets down to the core of you, you're not really changing much. You're just changing simple things. You're putting band-aids on muddy source. You must learn to move forward with Paul, move forward with Jesus, as Paul did, I should say, and don't allow yourself to be held back. Verse 12 says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it, in my, make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of price of upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in any you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. If you remember what Paul said earlier, he was talking about the resurrection of Jesus. He wants to participate. The only thing that matters to Paul is the resurrection of Jesus in his life. And so what Paul is saying is that we have to, we have to focus on what matters today. If you're here today and you have had a bad 2019 and you've gone through some bad things, what you need to do to begin to get out of this trouble is to focus on what matters today. What matters really today? 
Not yesterday, not two years ago, not 10 years ago, not 13 years ago. Listen, I can sit up here and tell you all these wonderful things that happened at Passion Community Church 13 years ago. And those are wonderful things, and I love reliving those moments. I love reliving all of those things, but the honest to goodness truth is that that doesn't help anyone. What we are doing today is what matters most. And so my question to you today is, what are you focused on today that matters most for you? Are you focusing on all the things that happened in the past? Are you focusing on all the bad things that happened in the past to you? Are you allowing those things to surround you and get you all worked up and worried about all those things in the past? Let them go. Let them lie in the past. This is a perfect time to put them in the past and move forward to what is today. But what that means is that you have to start focusing on today. So what does that mean? Your relationship with Christ doesn't mean, isn't built upon what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what happened a year ago. It matters in what happens today. The closest way, that you, the, the fastest way, I should say, and not that anyone would want to get here, but the fastest way to walk away and to see yourself falling away from Jesus Christ is to stop doing today what got you to Jesus Christ yesterday. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me rephrase that and say that in a, in again. The fastest way for you to fall away from Jesus and to fall away from your faith is to stop doing today what brought you to Jesus yesterday. But we get in that place. We get comfortable. We get in this place where we're like, ah, things are so good. The Lord is so awesome. He's blessed me so much, and I'm just going to sit back and relax. And then guess what happens? Christmas break and New Year's break becomes January, and then February comes around, and then before you know it. That's why, I, as a pastor, can I be honest with you? As a pastor, I'm really concerned when someone stops coming to church one Sunday, two Sundays, I get really concerned because that one Sunday turns into two and that two Sundays turns into three and that three Sundays turn into four. And before you know it, they've replaced their Sundays with something else. Oh, I'd rather do this. I'd rather do that. I'd rather sleep in on Sunday. You don't understand my Saturday night. You don't understand what happened. I just would rather sleep in. That's what's going on. See, what happens is that we begin to stop doing what got us to the place we're at today. And so then we feel comfortable and we get blessed by God. See, it's an amazing thing. I, sometimes if I was God, I would stand back there and go, what are you, what are you doing? Because I bless you. And when I bless you, you stop doing what got you blessed. Why are you stop doing what got you blessed in the first place? You should continue doing what got you to that blessing in the first place. Focus on what matters today. Paul tells us to forget what lies behind. Jesus said to his disciples in a much different way. He said, he was talking about a man who is plowing the fields and he's, and he's talking about, you know, he's, he says the man who looks back in the plow. Guess what happens? If you're plowing a field, right? Now, I'm not talking about a tractor, but even sometimes a tractor if you drive really badly, right? But... What happens when you look backwards? Yeah, your lines go crooked. Guess what happens when you're plowing in the hand and you look back? You're steering sideways and, you, and your lines go crooked. Jesus tells his disciples not to look back. Don't look back at your past. Look only what for, what's lying forward. Let your hands be on the plow and be focused on what you're doing today. Focus on this moving forward and what has to get done. Last year was last year. Yesterday was yesterday. Focus on today and let's move forward. The quickest way for us as, as individuals to succeed in anything in our life is not to focus on anything in the past, but to be focused on what's in, for, in front of us moving forward. Paul tells us to strain forward for what lies ahead. So in order to move forward successfully, we have to strain to achieve today's goals. We have to make new ones for ourselves and push forward with what God wants us to do. 
Paul encourages us to be so focused on today and the future of what we're doing that we forget about all those things in the past, that we forget about the past hurts, that we forget about all of those things that affected us. There are many, and I want to pause here just for a moment, there are many things that happen to us that cause and impacts us today. Things that happened to us in our past and things that people did to us impact us today. They make us cautious with what we're facing today. They make us cautious in what we're going through today. And I, that, that's, that's understandable. Scripture is full of uh, facts and, and ideas and, and just statements about generational things that have cursed people moving forward and, and things that we have learned from and you know, habits and, and strongholds and those types of things in our life that we have always done in the past make it difficult for us today. And I'm not saying that those aren't still there, but what I'm saying is that you have to be more focused on tomorrow and what's in front of you than all of those things in the past. Yes, deal with those things. Yes, get help for those things. If those things are affecting you today, then go get help with those things. If those things are keeping you from focusing on what's today, then get help on those things so that you can make a leap forward and not be focused on what's behind you. But you have to focus on today. You have to focus on moving forward. Paul's second part of this, he says in verse 14, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 14 is an amazing verse that I think we should all learn to memorize. I press on for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Why should we memorize that? Listen, if you're going to move forward in God, then you have to start understanding what is the prize that the Lord has for you. Paul knew right out of the bat, he says, you know, I want to obtain the resurrection of my Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? He wants to obtain salvation. That's what he's saying. I want to make Jesus happy so that when I die, I'll be resurrected with Jesus. I want to remain in heaven with him. But then he goes on to say this very interesting I press on towards the goal. What goal did Paul have? You understand that Paul at this time of Philippians, as he's writing this to the Philippians, has gone through amazing, he's done amazing things in his ministry. He's in the middle of doing amazing things. He's seen amazing uh, miracles already happen to him. His life has completely changed. He's seen his church. He, he has personally planted seeds of faith many different places. Allowed many people to come to know him, to know the Lord through him. And through what he's done, he served his Lord and he's done amazing things. He, but he says still, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God. My question to us today is what is the goal that you are pressing on towards today? The goal can't be just to have salvation. Listen, we have to get beyond this place of bringing Christians to the place where they're saved and then that's all there is. There's way more than just having your behind stamped with a ticket that says you got a ticket to ride to heaven. There's way more than that. And we got to get past that. Salvation is important. I want to see every person come to know the Lord Jesus Christ because I don't want anyone to, to be in hell. I don't want anyone to suffer eternal damnation in the fires of hell. I don't want any of that. But the point of the matter is, is I believe the church has been, been saddled with this idea that salvation is the end goal of all things, and it's not. The salvation that we receive in Christ is just the beginning of what he wants to do for us. 
Paul knew that, and that's why he said, I'm going to press on for the prize. I'm going to continue to push forward. I'm going to continue to do this upward call. Every time you read what Paul has to say is he's always pressing forward to do more. He's not relying on what he has done in the past. He's relying on what he's going to do in the future. His eyes are always looking forward, and it's never looking backwards. But he always knew the goal that he wanted to achieve in Jesus. So my question for us today, if we're going to truly move forward, if we as a church, if we as individuals, if we as a world are going to move forward, then how do we move forward today? We move forward, first of all, understanding that the ultimate goal is salvation in Jesus. But that's not the end. God wants and is encouraging and calling on each and every single one of you to have a goal to grow closer to him. How can you move from where you're at today? I've been a Christian since I was 16 years old. I, I, I didn't do the math. I'm 46 now, and I was 16. That's, what, 30 years, right? Hey, look, look I can't do math, Christy. Yeah, I know. Gosh, Amy, it's still math. I did it up, I did it up on the fly, so give me, give, me, give me some credit. No. 30 years I've been a Christian. 30 years I've been pushing after this. But, and, and I have to say, there have been some years I've been better than others. Some years I've pressed on towards the goal much better than others. But I want to tell you today that it's my goal today, my, my, uh, my prayer is that each and every single one of us in this room would have a goal in mind and say, this is what I want to achieve. I th- used to, listen, I used to hate when we'd sit down and go, oh, it's time to do strategy sessions. We've got to do a three to five year strategy session in the business world. And you sit down and you'd make things completely up. Because who cares what's going to happen in three to five years? They're not really going to happen anyway. Everything you write down on a piece of paper gets changed in the next year anyway. So what does it matter? But we still have to do it. For those that are in the business world shaking their head, yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a total waste of time, but we still do it. Why do they do it? It's the same reason why John F. Kennedy once said, we have to go to the moon. The goal of going to the moon when John F. Kennedy said it's time to go to the moon was outrageous. It was not possible. We didn't have the technology. We didn't have the systems. We didn't have anything to get us to the moon. But he laid out that goal anyway. Do you know why he laid out that goal? Not because it's easy, but because it is hard. <laughs> not because it's easy, because it is hard, as Corey says. <laughs> the benefit was not just getting to the moon. The benefit was all of the things that would happen this year and this time to get them to the moon. As they focused on something, I... As much as I hated the three to five year planning session, I began to understand that if you don't focus on the future, if you don't make a plan to succeed, if you don't look on where the goal is and where you're trying to go, then today you're going to be mired in what you've always has been. You're you're going to remain what you've always been. You're going to remain the same person. You're going to remain the same worker. You're going to remain the same uh, Christian. Your faith is not going to grow. Your faith is going to... Why? Because there's no reason to grow. There's no reason to stretch yourself. There's no reason to do anything else. I want us all in this room to be challenged and stretched in our faith in 2020. I know what I'm praying for when I pray that. But my prayer is that the Lord would use us and stretch us in such a way that we see amazing things in 2020. My question for you is that do you have a goal in mind? Not a goal that says, oh, I just want to relax in 2020. I want it to be my best year ever. I want to go on a lot of vacations, and I just want to do this and that. And 
That's wonderful, right? Listen, vacations are great. But the truth of the matter is, is that you don't live, well, <laughs> I guess some of us live vacation by vacation, right? But the truth of the matter is, is in your faith, there are no vacations. In your faith, there are no vacations. And so let's learn to move forward. Let's learn to press on towards the goal that's before us. Let's find a goal for us to press forward. Focusing on what matters today. And then asking this simple question, what does God want you to do today? One of the things I begin to ask myself as I wake up in the morning and, and I, and I uh, <laughs> lie in bed and I stare at the roof and first of all, I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord, I can move again. Uh, that's the first thing. My back doesn't hurt too bad. I'm breathing in and out. That's a good thing. But my very first question I like to ask myself and I, I, in prayer to the Lord is, Lord, what is it that you want me to do today? Let me have the opportunity to serve you today. Let, me be, let my eyes be open to serving you today. And let me see where you want me to go in this place. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. And I want to challenge you today. Today's a perfect day to ask him those very questions. Help me, Lord, to leave what has happened to me in 2019 in the past, to learn from those things and those times and move forward to the new things that you have for me, the new goals that you have before me. God wants you to constantly be moving forward. If you're here today and you're not moving forward in your faith, then you're doing something wrong. This year, your plan should be, I want to grow exponentially more than what I grew last year. I want to grow closer to Christ. I want to grow closer to Him. I want my prayer life to be more developed. I want my prayer life to be more in line with Him. Paul's final pleas to the Ephesians, or to the Philippians, I'm sorry, was this. Verse 17, he says, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. My question for you today is that, is your goal worth imitating? When someone looks at you, do they say, I want to be like Ethan Sisley? Do I want to be like Tanya Pierce? Are you doing something that others should be imitating you of doing? If you're not, then that's a good... If you feel bad about that, if you, if you think, oh my goodness, I don't want someone to see what I'm doing, then you probably shouldn't be doing that, right? If your goal is not so audacious, if your goal is not... I love uh, Zig Ziglar, calls them big, hairy, audacious goals. Calls them BHAGs. Big, hairy, audacious goals. If your goal is not so audacious and not so big that you think that you're probably that there's no way that you can get it done, then you need to challenge yourself on that. If your goal in your life is not to a place where you say, I want others to imitate me. I want others, I feel comfortable with someone looking at me and saying, I want to be like them. I want to be like her. I want to be like him. The question that you have to ask today is, why aren't your goals why isn't your life worth imitating? Paul's life was worth imitating. That's what he said to the, to the uh, Philippians. He was telling to the Philippians, he's saying, imitate me. That's not a brash statement. That's not something that, you know, at first you could look at it and say, gee, Paul, why don't you try to be a little humble, right? 
But really what Paul was saying is that I'm striving to be like Christ, so please imitate me and be like striving to win Christ, to, to, to be more of what he wants us to be. Will you stand with me today? 2020 is a wonderful year. My wife and I were joking about this as we were driving somewhere. We said, do you remember back when we were really young and we said, man, do you think I'll ever live to 2020? Worse yet was when we started talking about living to 2030, right? That was, that was unfeasible in our minds as a young kid. I can't believe 2020. Listen, when you're born in 19, for all you youngins in here, when you're born in 1973, 2020 is a long way away. <laughs> you don't think about that. You realize that the people that are born today, this is an interesting fact, the people that were born today, right, will be alive in uh, the year 3000. Can you imagine it? 80 years from today, if they live 80 years, basically 80 years, if you're born today and you live 80 years, you're going to be alive in the year 3000. Two thousand one hundred. Sorry, yeah, okay, I'm not mad. Like, <laughs> sure, yeah, maybe a little cyber, uh, whatever. Thank you. You, 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 and I were talking about that. That's right. Either way, even two thousand one hundred is a pretty weird year. Twenty one hundred. All right, now that my math is completely gone. The truth of the matter is, though, is that we have to learn to achieve what God has for us. The year 2020 is such an amazing year, and that I believe that there are many wonderful things that the Lord has in line for us this year. As I pray about it, I get more and more excited about this year because I just believe that there are some amazing things that the Lord's going to do this year. You know, the year 2020 double, I, could, I, I mean, there's so many prophetic things around the year 2020 that you could just continue on and on and on and talking about them. But re- in reality, 2020 is an amazing year. But it will only be amazing if you work at making it amazing. Let's be different this year. Let's plan on doing something greater than what we can. Let's set a goal that's so audacious, so big, so hairy that we'll never be able to achieve it on our own. But we need Jesus to come in and and achieve it with us. Father, I pray for those that are here today. I pray even right now, Father, that you are beginning to release goals, dreams, and visions to all those that are here today that they would look upon their life and say, I don't want to remain the way I've always been. I want to live a life that's worth imitating. I want someone to look at me and say, I want to be like that person. I want to walk as close to Jesus as they walk. Father, I pray today that you would just be opening our eyes to this new year that's coming, helping us to achieve the goals that you have before us. Lord, let us not remain in the past successes or the past failures, but let us focus on the future with our eyes on the prize of the goal of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, let us walk towards you, having nothing holding us back. And so, Father, I pray even during this worship song, even as we sing this praise to you, that you would just be releasing these dreams and visions and understandings. And for those that are here today and can't Seem, can't seem to just grasp a hold of what you want to do for them and what you want them to do. Father, may I ask you that you just speak to them, that they would be willing to come forward and get prayer and have us pray for them and just have people surround them and lift them up and see what the Lord would say. 
I believe today the Holy Spirit wants to move in every single one of our lives, but we have to make that attempt and make that choice to be different than what we have been. The Lord wants you to walk away from the things of the past and move forward in what He has for you. Father, I pray, speak to us now, even as we sing this song. Let's sing together.